And for more, we're joined on the line now by Nadir Token, analyst at 274 Investment Managers. Good morning, Nadir. Good morning, Sakina. Now, um, obviously, those U.S. jobs numbers coming out today, very important. Yes, Sakina. So I think why this has become increasingly important is because, you know, there's become increasing speculation about whether the Fed is going to rise, uh, raise interest rates at their September policy meeting. And, uh, you know, we, uh, the, the Fed has continuously reiterated that it's going to remain data dependent, um, you know, and it's going to react to what data is coming out of the market. Now, obviously, um, you know, the Fed has a, a mandate to maintain full employment and to maintain price stability with uh, inflation at around 2%. Now, we know that uh, the jobs market in the U.S. has been continuously improving. Um, you know, they've consistently been adding about 200,000 jobs a month um, in, in, in terms of adding jobs in the economy. And, uh, you know, we know that inflation is still a long way away from its 2% targets. Now, we've seen recently central banks from around the world, particularly those from the emerging markets, have been pleading the Federal Reserve to not hike interest rates at a time when there's this much volatility in the markets. Um, you know, there's obviously developments coming out of China and developments coming out of, uh, you know, lackluster growth out of the emerging markets, depressing commodity prices, and as well as uh, disappointing inflation readings have obviously made, uh, you know, the, the Federal Reserve job just that much tougher in terms of when to hike interest rates. But, uh, you know, the U.S. economy gaining traction and the U.S. jobs market looking considerably brighter is undoubtedly a positive sign for the U.S. Uh, for, for the U.S. economy, and, uh, you know, it's dragging their growth into very positive territory. I mean, we saw them reporting GDP numbers for the second quarter just the other day of 3.7%. So the U.S. economy seems to be doing really well, but the bottom line is that the volatility in the rest of the world may keep inflation in, uh, in, in, in the U.S. very, very subdued. And, uh, you know, that's the bind that the Federal Reserve is stuck in, is that, uh, you know, they know eventually they've got to normalize interest rates, but, uh, you know, they, 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 their hand has been forced a little bit in terms of uh, the inflation outlook looking pretty, pretty bleak given uh, a very weak global outlook. Well, and then just looking at what's happening uh, in Europe, the ECB, uh, exceptionally dovish comments coming from them. Yeah, Sakina, so, you know, we, we, we saw the ECB coming out with their, with their rate decision yesterday. I mean, it was fairly obvious that they were going to keep interest rates at pretty much zero. Um, but the one thing that did surprise the markets, or not necessarily surprise, but the one thing that the markets reacted really positively to, and that's why we saw uh, global stock markets ending definitively up yesterday across Europe, across, uh, you know, us as well, South Africa. We had a big bounce after the comments came out from, uh, from the ECB president, Mark is that uh, they mentioned that, you know, they've become very, very concerned about the future growth outlook for the Eurozone once again, despite the fact that we see positive PMI numbers, despite the fact that we see, um, you know, unemployment reducing within the Eurozone, um, and we see growth, uh, you know, the, the indicators of growth remaining relatively stable. In fact, we see uh, German retail sales remaining fairly robust. And, uh, you know, despite all these positive signs in the U.S. economy, 
Um, you know, Mario Draghi mentioned that he's very, very concerned about weak inflation moving forward, and that's obviously on the back of uh, commodity prices coming under a lot of strain and under, uh, you know, the auspices of uh, China growing a lot slower. And if China grows slower, you know, they're sort of becoming an increasingly relevant force in the world, being the world's second largest economy. So, you know, the contagion effect out of China is really rippling through global markets, and uh, we're seeing it impacting, uh, you know, all major, all major markets. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thinking here is that if the ECB is very conscious of what's going on uh, with the Chinese contagion effect, um, you know, is the Federal Reserve going to adopt the same stance? And, uh, you know, it seems increasingly likely, given the interviews that, uh, you know, the Federal Open Market Committee members are giving to the press, uh, you know, they're not that confident about an interest rate hike as what they were probably six weeks ago before this volatility really, really ramped up. So, you know, I think the ECB mentioned that they're willing to even add stimulus uh, to the system in order to ensure that uh, Europe reaches its long-run inflation target of 2%. And I think that's really massive. You know, if they add stimulus to the markets, um, you know, again, it's going to keep yields really depressed. It's going to keep uh, interest rates really low. And it's going to keep the global search for yield, um, you know, really rampant. And that's why we saw uh, risk assets across the globe uh, running fairly aggressively yesterday, Sakina, is because uh, at the end of the day, you can't fight the central banks and, uh, you know, the ECB is still keeping things very, very accommodative. And uh, just very briefly, uh, Nadir, the woes facing South African retailers as we move into the festive season. Yeah, so, you know, Sakina, I think the, the, the problem with these retailers is that they're really priced for perfection, okay? So if you look at the likes of Mr. Price, Clicks, um, you know, those kind of businesses, uh, even spa to a certain extent, you know, they're, they're, they're really priced to grow their businesses to perfection. You know, they're at above 20 PEs. Um, you know, in the case of Mr. Price and Click, for well above 20 PEs, closer to 25 PEs. And, uh, you know, on those kind of PEs, you can't miss earnings estimates. You've got to deliver earnings growth every single time you come to the market. You've got to come out with a, with a positive story about your earnings growth, and you've got to deliver the numbers. Now, the the problem is that the retailers in South Africa are finally starting to show signs of cracks. Um, you know, we're seeing uh, more turnover growth is slowing. We see retail sales is slowing. Um, you know, we're starting to see, uh, you know, debt to GDP, well, uh, you know, debt to disposable income is sort of peaking. And we're starting to see signs from the banks that, you know, credit is definitively slowing in that space because they're worried about the extent to which the consumer is stretched. Now, you know, in, in such an environment, you, there, there's absolutely no room for error. And, you know, uh, Mr. Price's trading update, which they provided the other day, is a clear indication of that. I mean, they grew their top line by 10%, um, you know, and their share price came down by about 12 to 13%. And, uh, you know, it recovered the next day a little bit, but that's just broadly speaking because the markets were up. Now, you know, when, when, when you're reporting 10% top line growth, when your PE is at 25, the market is really going to hammer you, you know, and it's very very difficult to see where these retailers are going to generate, um, you know, that kind of earnings growth to justify the 25 PE, given that the South African retailer is finally coming under some pressure. So, you know, their biggest problem, I feel, is that they price for perfection, yet they're struggling to deliver earnings growth, as Mr. Price indicated the other day, with just 10% top-line earnings growth.